Welcome to Airwaves, our official podcast for the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves with Mr. Dave Cohen, Director of Systems Engineering, to discuss how NavAir is harnessing the digital revolution to rapidly deliver integrated capabilities to the fleet. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Always great to get another opportunity to talk about these issues. So one of the CNO's top priorities is taking the Navy digital. Why is this so important now? So in my last uh, job in uh, Air 4OM and mission engineering, we got a chance to look at the uh, intelligence information that's out there. And there's reason to be very concerned about uh, the future, especially if you look out in the 2024 to 2028 timeframe. We are losing what we call our tactical advantage. And, uh, and so we've got to find a way to close in the enemy, our adversary, has the opportunity to, to update their weapon systems faster than we are because they're stealing our technology and frankly they don't have to deal with the federal acquisition regulations that we do. We have got to therefore uh, be, do something vastly different than we've been doing in order to keep, maintain our tactical edge. Uh, so I think the CNO recognizes this. I think the, di- the uh, advances in digital technology are one of the keys to be able to enable us to deliver to our warfighter uh, critical uh, inf- critical technologies and capabilities to try to, ma- to, to try to maintain that advantage. Uh, so this engage this this requires not just uh, new ways of thinking, critical thinking, and it forces all of us. And he's urged all of us at the executive level to be very uncomfortable in what we're doing. So that being said, what is Navair's role in the Navy's digital transformation? We are, the, of course, as an acquisition co- uh, command, we're the ones who are responsible for delivering these capabilities to the fleet. And specifically in engineering, we've got to be looking at new ways of, uh, of breaking the cycle, this rather rigorous methodical cycle we've had that in- involves the process of taking operational capabilities and translating them to uh, performance capabilities and then turning those into systems. That process is out of date. And so NAVAIR's role is to try to figure out how do we break that process, come up with something different, and get these, these, these advanced capabilities out to the fleet far faster than we've been doing. So speaking about that idea of coming up with, with something different, I, I mean, we've been through years of acquisition reform and business process improvement initiatives. So what, what makes this different from previous efforts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and it's one I often talk about. It's a, we've got a reasonably very skeptical workforce, I would count myself among those numbers because, you know, I've been at this for 35 years and we've all been through the sort of flavor of the month kind of thing. And, and a lot of these initiatives are well intended, but there really are kind of I can what I call kind of nibbling at the edges and uh, in, in taking sort of the, fu- keeping the foundation of existing processes in place, but trying to work around the margins at, at creating, you know, quote unquote efficiencies. So we need to be taking, you know, swinging a big, a big axe at this thing and, and really clean sheeting that. And that's how I describe this. Completely untethering ourselves from existing processes and, and really looking at a clean sheet. And I would contend that, that's, that that differs from the way we've done this before. It's, it, it makes it much more difficult, but I think uh, that difficulty is necessary because the outcome we're after is so, so drastic. So what is the end game? How far do you think we can collapse the acquisition timeline? If you look at the tra- trajectory in the current Palm and the current budget, the current trajectory of, of what we call blue force or friendly force 
uh, where that capability, the trajectory of that capability versus the projected capability of what we call red or, or the threat. Uh, and if you look at that spread uh, and that divergence, which is going in the wrong direction, we really need to be cutting the cycle time in half. Um, and I believe that there are capabilities that we're going to talk about here that, 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 that can enable that. It's, it's, we're also going to talk about how it's more than just technical capability. It's, there's, cult, there's tremendous cultural change that we're going to have to engage in. Uh, but I think we really need to be shooting for uh, uh, cutting the cycle times down by as much as half. As the Director of Systems Engineering at Navier, can you explain how this digital business model will change the way we do systems engineering, design and development? So the process, uh, we, we, what we talk about, it, 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 can, it can sound a little overly dramatic. We talk about blowing up the systems engineering V. What we have today is a process that's largely founded in, 19, in the 1970s and 1980s. It really hasn't changed that much uh, from then. Yet the way that we actually design and develop complex systems has evolved tremendously and appropriately. So we have a tremendous mismatch in the way that we, our acquisition process versus the way that we, we actually design and develop systems. And that's where this, this, the, the, new di the new model or the new framework, what, fundamentally what we're talking about at a top level is how do we still perform our insight and oversight function with the industry to ensure that the taxpayer is getting what the taxpayers paid for and the warfighter is getting what he needs, but minimize the amount of impedance we add to the system. And so this digital process that, that's, it's real, it's, that is largely systems engineering, we still need to translate warfighter requirements into something meaningful that we can hand off to a contractor, engage the process. But it, it simply cannot continue to look like this linear, monolithic, lengthy, uh, very disciplined, and paper-intensive process that we have today. It's got to look radically different. And, and so we've come up with something that we think is uh, radically different, and it's based on, on two principles. Uh, one is leveraging model-based systems engineering and digital transformation, and the other is a cultural thing. It's to, it's to change the culture to say that I'm no longer going to rely on paper that get delivered to me at my desk, at my workstation in Pax River, and I, I review them, and, and then I provide comments, and they go back to the contractor. Well, uh, until those comments get delivered, the contractor is kind of held up. What we're looking at from a workforce cultural change is a more continuous engagement uh, with the contractor on his timeline. So it's a combination of, of changing our behaviors as enabled by advances in digital and high-performance computing. As we change our behaviors, how is that going to change the relationship and interaction that we have between government and industry? From a government standpoint, we've got to take a, a hard look at do we need to be engaged in every single decision that the contractor is making? And if we do need to be engaged in, in decisions that the contractor is making, we need, to be, we need to be transitioning to a method that is doing that on his timeline. So if he's having a critical decision meeting at his contractor's site that's going to move the ball forward in developing this weapon system and delivering it, and we feel like it's, it's something that we need to be involved in, then we need to either be there in person or I believe in this future state that I'll describe, 
we can be there virtually in that decision. As opposed to today where he's got, he's has that meeting, he makes a decision, and right now he's required to stop, document that in a cedral, work that through contracts, get that delivered, we review that and send that back. So the government mindset needs to kind of move away from this audit checklist mentality into deciding which decisions do I really need to be engaged in. And if I'm going to be engaged in those decisions, how do I get myself in those decision loops on a timely basis? From an industry standpoint, they've got to adopt these 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 high-performance computing models and these algorithms that will enable their, their jobs to move uh, faster. And we've, we've investigated and with our industry partners and understand that those capabilities are out there. And secondly, they've got to establish for us this integrated digital collaborative environment that this would be an environment that would, if they're having that meeting I just discussed where they're making a critical decision, they need to host for us a digital pipeline into that conversation so that we can we don't have to be there physically for every meeting they're having. My contention is that many of these design decisions that move the ball forward in the, in the development in, in production and delivery to the fleet are going to be centered around mo digital models. Those models will be used to substantiate the important decisions that the, de that the developer needs to make he can establish a collaborative digital pipeline to host that digital model on a server and then we can be at our desk at Pax River or China Lake or Lakehurst and be viewing that same model and through the discussion and, and looking at that model come to a shared perception or conclusion as to the state of the design and reach the decision that he's reaching with him at the same time. And so he's got to host that, he's got to host that, the industry has to host that environment. That has ramifications um, that, that, uh, that we need to consider uh, that, that I think we'll talk about some more. It's got intellectual property and there's some IT considerations associated with that. But those are the two key things that the government's got to do and industry's got to do. And, and every time we brief this, we say that SE transformation is, a, is, a, is an absolute par partnership. I think one of the reasons that DOD industry hasn't moved as fast in modeling and digital environment as commercial industry has is because there's no advantage for them to do that unless the government comes along with them. Because if they can be digital as much as they want, but if they've got to stop every time and repackage it in paperwork and, and comply with our very monolithic ancient setter process, then they've achieved no competitive advantage. So how much latitude does Navair have to change the acquisition process? I mean, can we actually help to drive the policy change? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we, uh, I think there's good news here. We certainly have the latitude to update the, SE the uh, systems engineering technical review process. We've done that. We've come up with Navair instruction and moved out on our own on that. But eventually you run into DOD 5000 in terms of what I'm looking to do here, which is eliminate many of the design reviews. That is definitely going to impact on, on DOD policy. The good news there is that we have tremendous cooperation and integration with uh, the systems engineering folks up at OSD. 
And uh, in fact, they'll soon be releasing a digital engineering uh, strategy that uh, they've actually taken the time to come down here in Pax River to Pax River and understand what we're doing and incorporate large elements of that in there. And they're continually asking us, hey, you know, what can we do if there's a policy change that's required out of what you're doing, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll work that. So I feel like we've got uh, tremendous advocacy, advocacy uh, at this point with OSD. So here at Navier, are there certain initiatives that are underway? or I mean, how would you characterize our progress so far? I'm very pleased with the progress. This started out um, f maybe five years ago. Uh, with with two or three of us really just uh, tinkering around with some hypotheses. I called the existing systems engineering be sort of Newtonian uh, systems engineering. We're, we need to be moving to quantum systems engineering or finding the wormhole through the V. And so we set about at first with a vision at a very low level and we spent the first couple of years just kind of out in industry seeing what they were doing and finding out whether there were any what I called, you know, showstoppers that would prevent us from moving here. In the last two years, however, with, uh, when it, with Admiral Dunaway coming in and now Admiral Grossklags uh, and Admiral Gahagan and, and Air 4.0, they have significantly turned the wick up on this and have given us uh, all the top cover and resources and asked us, and what would it take to accelerate what I had originally been talking about as a five to ten year kind of initiative? So we're talking right now as a goal of of accomplish of achieving what I call full maturity of this initiative uh, somewhere at the end of twenty calendar twenty twenty or or early twenty twenty one. So, but we're not waiting. We're not waiting for full maturity. We've said that we're going to release annually incremental versions of this just based on whatever level of maturity we're at to the workforce. So uh, we're not waiting for the Big Bang at the end. Okay, so if we're not waiting for the Big Bang, then, then when should the workforce kind of expect to start working into this digital model? So we've, um, we've got a couple of pilots going on right now. Um, and we're expecting to release what we call increment one to the workforce at large in January of 18, and then January of 19, increment two. Because of Admiral Grossklag's enthusiasm, uh, and which is translated to the PEOs, we've had, we've kind of been inundated with requests to be part of a pilot exercise. Frankly, a little bit larger than, the, than our team is able to uh, support. So we're working very rapidly right now on dedicating a whole part of my team to what we call methods and processes to package up uh, the things that a, that a program who wants to embark on this would need in terms of not the tools, the IT, and what I call an assist team to come along with them and say, okay, here's how you do this. So some programs are already working in this arena uh, in, in the pilot uh, manner, and uh, I expect the workforce at large to see, see this in some form in January. Are there things that the workforce can do today to get involved? This isn't just a systems engineering deal. Every element of, uh, of the workforce, I think, is going to be um, impacted by this. Um, we, we have a website we want to direct folks to where we're putting training out. Uh, we're making training more available. Um, uh, we've got slugs of 70 people at a time 
that we can run through uh, coursework that, that sort of indoctrinates you into what model-based systems engineering is about. And then we've got more detailed um, training available as well. So uh, depending on where you sit in the workforce, there's, there's a number of ways. We still have opportunities for recruitment onto the team itself. Uh, we still have this broad level training. And then there's, like I said, preparation for wherever you sit, whether it's an either 405060 or a program office, this is going to impact you in, in, in some way. And uh, we have opportunities to come and learn more about it. Okay, so obviously today our focus is systems engineering, but how would you say this carries through the entire acquisition life cycle? Yeah, that's a good question. We, we have something called, um, actually, capabilities-based acquisition. And that involves, actually, four, four digital initiatives. Um, if you think about an, a- an overall acquisition timeline, uh, SE transformation is sort of the second one. There's one to the left of that that's called integration and interoperability, and that's the beginning of, of what we often refer to as a digital thread. That's where we're doing this mission planning and this, this mission engineering work that's looking out at, at what do we need to be, what do our capabilities need to look like in the, in the 2024, 2028 time frame. What emerges from that are system of systems that and integrated capabilities that we need to be fighting with. And and we start the digital thread by by uh, instantiating that those that mission engineering analysis in digital artifacts that that represent the system of systems. And it's basically saying I'm I'm going to have you know multiple systems that need to interact with each other in order to achieve a warfighting effect. And, and so we take those capabilities, that flows into the SE transformation piece, which is how do I get those, cap- those individual capabilities out to the fleet faster? Now, having done that, one of the leave-behinds of SE transformation and this mission engineering work are high-fidelity digital representations of our platforms and networks that we've delivered to the fleet. Those are really essential if you think about the future of having to test and train. So first from a test perspective, we really are finding ourselves with a need to really, before we deliver systems of the fleet, test them more in the way that the fleet is going to use them. And they're not going to use our platforms autonomously. They're going to use our platforms you know, amongst other systems. And, and so if I can deliver high fidelity representations of those other systems, I can provide accurate simulation of what a large force exercise or a, you know, an, an air wing will look like to a guy who's just in an F-18 uh, cockpit or an E-2 cockpit. So it's really important to, to provide more robust testing. And then if you think about the training end of it, we're delivering a lot more complex technical solutions to our warfighter, yet we're not keeping pace with, with helping train him to that. We're doing them a great disservice. I think that, again, this modeling is going to be at the forefront of solving that problem. Because, again, you want to simulate for the young warfighter who's got to go out and fly this. And he's going to be flying not just by himself in just, an F, in just F-18s, but he's going to have E-2s. He's going to be flying with F-22s. He's gonna be, the, the fight is going to be a joint fight. So how can we simulate that environment, as well as give him an accurate simulation of the threat that, is he, that he's going to be going against. And so that, that counts on the digi- you know, advancements in, in this digital world. So 
there's activity to the left of SE transformation and activity to the right. And if you take it even further, I think even the sustainment world can benefit from this if they've got an accurate digital simulations of the systems we're delivering. It's really exciting information today, but it seems like a, a, a monumental undertaking. What makes you confident that we can do this? There's an, an inevitable march towards technological advancement in the world of high-performance computing, which, this, which is the backbone of this. The digital world, you just have to look at your, at your phones or, or your entertainment systems or any other, any other number. You just look at your car. I think we have an opportunity here to look into a crystal ball and see the future. I think it's abs- what I think is most absurd is, is the notion that we're going to be doing business five or ten years from now the way we're doing business today. Secondly, it's, it's absurd to think that we can afford to because of what I led off with, with in terms of the, the threat and the fact that we've got to be doing something different. So you're led to a conclusion that there's going to be a different way. This, one, this particular way is one that has been adopted and makes, makes logical sense when you look at the advancements that have been made in the technologies we're talking about. So I, have, I think we have every confidence that, that there's a future out there that looks a lot like the one we're envisioning. And whether Dave Cohen is confident or not, I think the choice is ours to decide, do we want to be in the driver's seat to drive to this future that we're going to, or do we want to sit at the tail end and be driven? And, and one thing that you got to say about NavAir is NavAir, no matter what, has never been satisfied with, with being at the back end of the train. The other thing that gives me confidence, the kids coming out of school today, this is how they operate. We take these kids who are conversant in, these, in modeling and digital environment, we're literally t- saying, forget all of that. Take this paper and pencil and this slide rule, and, and that's how we do things. So it's, again, it's a natural, the na- it's just a natural force that's pushing us in this direction. And, and all we need to do is harness that and, and be uncomfortable, do our creative thinking, have this sense of urgency, harness these natural forces that are out there anyway, and focusing them. And that's what, that's what SE Transformation is, is ultimately looking at. Is, 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 it's sort of a systems engineering problem itself. There's a chaotic mass of energy out there all working in this general direction. We're trying to take it, harness it, focus it on, our, on a specific need. And that specific need is a very glaring need. It's the need to maintain tactical advantage over very dangerous near-peer adversaries to maintain our, uh, our edge and maintain our national security. So it sounds like the NAVAIR workforce needs to get ready to buckle their seat belts and uh, drive into the future. But um, thank you for joining us. Lots of great information today. Again, this was Mr. Dave Cohen, Director of Systems Engineering. And we were talking today about the digital revolution and how we're going to rapidly deliver integrated capabilities to the fleet. But again, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Airwaves.